Hello, hello and welcome. We are back. It's Trucking Answers, the podcast, which you know because you're listening to a podcast. So we are here every Tuesday and Friday, weather permitting, the only podcast that is dependent on the weather. And we are back today. So what's going on out there? It's super cold today. We're here with Gracie, my co-host. She's orange and tired today. So I don't know if she'll be able to contribute. She's exhausted from being up for almost 45 minutes, uh, eating and going back to sleep. So I don't know where we're going with that. But 42 countries still on the podcast list, which I appreciate everyone all around the world. This go, That's a one-fifth of the countries on the planet. Okay, we are 20% of the planet coverage. Not bad. I want to tell you, there's one person in a thong in Brazil listening. So I thought that was pretty interesting. One person is like, you know what? Because I assume everyone there wears a thong when they walk around. They, uh, they're like, I'm going to listen to this guy, but only one time. I guess because one string, I don't know how that works. All right, no idea what's going on with that. So I had a long discussion with, well, by the way, uh, <laughs> there's going to be some trucking news, automotive news, and yet another reason why we are not on Mars. Do you know why we aren't on Mars? There's a lot of land there. I heard it's cheap. We can't get there because idiots are wasting our money and resources being kept alive while we feed them cheese sandwiches because they're dumb, stupid people. So we will talk about that in a little bit. I talked to a reporter at length here recently, and she was investigating contracts that companies have, specifically Sierra England, but uh, other companies as well. And she wanted to talk to somebody about that. And so we had a long discussion, and she wants to talk to other people about it as well. So in the show notes of this podcast, I will have her email where you can get in contact with her. And this is for people that have had or are currently in a contract where the trucking company provided training to you and you have to have a contract for a certain period of time. Now, she'll also talk to all drivers about this as well, but that's who she's specifically looking for. So I said I would put the message out there. If that's you at any time, right, you had a contract with any of these carriers because she didn't realize which reporters just don't realize this stuff because it isn't publicized. You know, what really goes on behind the scenes, you know, with three people in a truck and, you know, the letters, the dunning letters and the threatening of taking your license away, your CDL, which happens all the time. People get threatened with that. And so she wants to talk to other people about this. She wrote to a number of companies, she said, and doesn't get responses from them. This is our opportunity to fill her in on the truth the details the true details of what happens companies if they're proud of their contracts and like they always say we're doing people uh, you know a service by providing you know training so they can get their license which you know is true then they should be happy to discuss how exactly that works with a reporter it would be actually free publicity for them you know in that kind of light which is never a bad thing so i just don't understand why they wouldn't talk about it when that's their policy. I never understand that at a company. If they have a policy, no matter what it is, a contract, uh, detention after two hours or four hours or 12 hours, whatever it is, if that's their policy, I always wonder why they have to hide it. It just seems to me that if it's a policy they have to hide, they're not proud of it. They don't think it's a good policy. They want to keep it in the shadows you know, rather than bringing the light of day on it. And that's how truth comes out. The light gets shined on it, right? We walk into a room, we turn on a light, and boom, all the lies, the cockroach lies, take off. 
and what's left in the light is the truth and so that's what happens here too like you know 24 square feet of room for three people is just not really a great thing and we had a good discussion about this on the live show on youtube which is every monday at 12 30 p.m eastern time for those of you that are only podcast listeners come on over to youtube and check that out um and we discussed you know people should read the contract and i totally agree with that people should read that stuff in advance but i think for there to be a contract it's somebody on each side gives something to get something so that has to be both sides i don't think it can be one-sided that's not a very good contract and if the contract is written in such a way as to be one-sided i don't think that's you know certainly not ethical much less i don't know if it's legal because i'm not a lawyer so i couldn't make a determination of its legality right because i'd be doing law work but i will say i can make a determination of its ethics and that if it's totally one-sided and you have to hide it until the last second and just throw out contracts in front of people for them to sign oh here you have to sign this and i've heard from many people they don't give you an opportunity to read it uh, just sign it just sign it well and, and of course you shouldn't sign it and say no i'm going to take an opportunity to read this before i sign all of it but if a company has to do that what are they trying to do why would they have to do that they should really want you to understand what a great deal you're getting and you know for free to work somewhere for a few months really usually it's nine months to a year i see some places even less than that that's not necessarily a bad deal you don't have to put any money into it. They're putting money into you. And so for that, you're going to give them some of your time. That's legitimate. I think where these places go wrong is that, uh, you know, the other side of it has to be where you're getting a decent wage for it. You can't say, well, you know, we gave people this, so they're basically an indentured servant. And no matter how much or little they work, they should have to stay here for that time. There should be some kind of expectation on the company side that, yes, what our recruiters told you and what you're going to get is going to be the truth. You know, you're not going to be gone from your home, your family, your life for weeks at a time for three or four hundred dollars. And I get these stories and checks sent to me from people all the time that this happens i don't think that's a legitimate thing on your side when you're signing up for that you're signing up not just for the training but for an opportunity for a career that's going to provide an income for your family that's why you're doing it generally people that go into it right they need the money that's why they're getting into trucking Unfortunately, a lot of times the people don't like driving. That was probably the the saddest part of training people when you get to talk to them. You're like, well, do you really like driving? No, not really. Oh, okay. Well, it turns out this job requires a lot of that. So something you really don't like to do and, you know, taking a job that requires mostly that is probably not a good fit for people. But they get into it for different reasons. Sometimes the state pushes them into it. Heck, sometimes, you know, they just see an ad or whatever on TV for whatever reason they get into it. But for a contract, I think to be a valid, legitimate contract, there's a give and take on both sides. The driver is like, okay, I'll give you nine months and you get me a license. And the company's like, all right, we will get you a license for your nine months. But why shouldn't the company need to give up, you know, a decent paycheck? And I'm not saying people have to start out, you know, at three or four thousand dollars a week but i think five hundred dollars a week to be gone from your house for seven days is a bit ridiculous now when 
we're looking, you know, 15 an hour at McDonald's right here is $600 a week. Think about that for just 40 hours, which I kind of assume now you'll get because places I'm finding are closing because of lack of workers. So I think if you're willing to come in, I do think that 600 would certainly be possible just working at basically driving down the street and throwing your application out the window to places. It seems like you could probably get 40 hours a week. So I think that you should certainly make more than that to be gone. And the companies should be upfront about all the deets, as the kids say, in the contract. Just be upfront about it. If otherwise, you know, what are we trying to hide? So the reporter's email will be in the show notes here. And I also posted on the Facebook page and on the United Federation of Commercial Drivers private Facebook page this uh, information to contact the reporter. I hope that you will get in contact with her. And I hope that you'll look over the UFCD. Go to UFCD.org. Check it out. It's expanding all the time. There's a driver bill of rights there. And um, I'll take some feedback on that as that gets changed and upgraded until it gets, you know, solidified into stone, which I hope we can do at some point. If there's any masons on here, I'll give you a secret handshake and maybe you could make those up. I think that'd be pretty funny. So go check that out as well as that grows. That's growing quickly, which I appreciate. And we are going to make a difference in the trucking industry. It starts with a pebble, rolls down the hill. And believe me, with this reporter, plus been in Business Insider now several times in the last couple of weeks, just in the last couple of weeks. And there's other things happening on the burners here that uh, I don't quite have nailed down yet, but we're going to get that and I'll be announcing that. It's happening. All right. So get in there while the getting's good, as they say. Help out the cause. Just spread the word. Look, if you like, well, Mark, I can't join it now. Look, join the private Facebook page. That's for everybody. Uh, you know, go find that at United Federation of Commercial Drivers. You can also linked up at UFCD.org. They're at the bottom. Join. You'll get in there and spread the word. That's the main thing here. Get the word spread. Are you ready to go to Mid-America Truck Show? All right. It is March 24, 25, 26. It's the biggest name in trucking. You know that. This is the largest truck show that goes on every year in the United States. And I've been assured by people at the truck show that it's going on this year unless the governor cancels and says you can only have gatherings of so many people, which does not like look like it's going to happen. Otherwise, they are 100% committed to have the show. You have about a month from this podcast, all right, to get your tickets for free. Go to MidAmerica Truck Show. Uh, you know, look that up and get your tickets. Just register right there. They're free until March 1st. Okay, so after that, tickets are $10 a piece. So get your tickets early and get down to the show. It's going to be a blast. All your favorite companies, all of the greatest, you know, products are there. There's tons of demonstrations. I love the one that Michelin had. I hope they have it there again. They have a tire there where you can pound on it. They have a couple of hammers and a tire billy, and you get to whack the tire, basically, and tell them how much air is in it, okay? And the, what they're doing here is proving that you cannot whack a tire and tell how much air is in it. You know, they had several of them set up, and there's just no way to tell. Looking at it, whacking it, no way to tell. Greatest thing, the only way to tell is an air gauge. So the only thing you can tell by hitting the tire is, is it flat? But a tire with 30 pounds, 50, 80 pounds, same. Sounds the same pretty good there's tons of stuff like that so we will see you at matt's this year mid-america truck show did you see this driver in laredo 
So he picks up a truck and trailer in Laredo, and he's headed to Houston, but he gets stopped at one of those checkpoint things. I didn't even realize this. I guess I should have. They have license plate scanners there, and the plate on the trailer is stolen. So, and it's an old Schneider trailer. <laughs> you can see, right, it, orange, and it still has says everything on it except Schneider. And I see tons of these in, uh, you know, still running around. That's the problem. That's a downside as an aside here, which I go off on these tangents. When you paint something on a unique color, like orange, <laughs> then when you sell it, it still looks like one of your trailers. So when it's in the news, because I saw the picture and I'm like, oh, Schneider. Oh, wait a minute. Right. No, it's not. So people are going to think about your company all the time. It's great that you have that kind of color and people think about you. But then when there's a problem, even when it isn't you doing it, people still connect it to you. So up and down on that. They pull them over for a secondary inspection. All right. And apparently they bring out a dog. Well, get all this technology, right? We're just about ready to go land on Mars, except for a couple of idiot people. And what do they still do? Dog. Oh, we got all $80 billion of technology. Somebody go get a dog. Go have him smell the trailer. Anyhow, right. We're blind. I'm blind. Here's a dog to drag you around town. You got any technology? Well, we got this dog. He'll drag you around town. Hopefully he can see the red lights. Anyways, they open the trailer up. What do you think's in there? A load of freight? Uh, no. People. Right. Soylent Green is in there because Soylent Green is people. And so 45 people come out of the trailer. They're all arrested. I'm sure they'll be released into the United States. Uh, you know, but that's for another story. And they talk to this driver who has no license and never has had a license. There's no information on the truck. It's just a blank truck. And apparently he says he was given $500 and told to go pick the truck, the truck up in Laredo and drive it to a Denny's in Houston and drop it off. And that's uh, what he was supposed to do. So he's arrested. He will be arrested for that. That's uh, can't smuggle people like that in. Okay. And it's never a good idea. People in the trailer could die from that kind of thing. $500 Laredo to Houston. That's not even really that great of a rate. <laughs> to be honest with you, you can haul freight for, you know, maybe better than close or better than that, depending on the load. Although loads out of Houston usually don't, or loads out of Laredo don't pay much. Still arrested. He said, oh, because they asked him, what are you hauling? I don't know. Uh, do you have any bills? No. Uh, well, uh, where'd you get this? Uh, where's it going? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Do you have a license? No. Is there a registration? No, not really. Hmm. Uh, what could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> so that guy's in jail. Did you see this too? All right. So now this thing is out. Anti-rollover fifth wheel. There was a video and you can go look this video up. It's all over the place now. It just came out. And uh, so they have a fifth wheel that they say has already been integrated across the trucking industry. I don't know. I've never even seen it anywhere. The fifth wheel, when the truck starts to roll over, it blasts the trailer off the fifth wheel. There's like two charges, basically, that are put, and it can be retrofitted to any fifth wheel. And so as the vehicle starts to roll over, it uses a bunch of computers and probably a dog, although it didn't say that, to sense when a rollover, when you're not going to be able to correct it enough to come out of it. And at that point, within milliseconds, that's what he said, the guy that was talking about it. I don't know how much that is in freedom units. It blasts the trailer off the fifth wheel so that the trailer just rolls over, but you don't. And the idea is that it prevents injuries from people in the tractor because the tractor does not roll over. Only the trailer rolls over. 
and it can be set up to either blast it off so it's still attached to the truck basically or completely blasted off of the truck and so you're sitting there and the trailer rolls over i assume at that point you just drive back to the company unload the truck and go home because you're fired so <laughs> know exactly what'll happen then but they said it's already integrated across the trucking industry really they actually said it's similar to the ejection seat in a jet is uh is how it's going to work it's all computer done i'm a little nervous about it all right so with everything that is man-made there's a failure rate they said oh this will a hundred percent there's always a failure rate everything fails it has a failure rate these are going to be out in the they'll be out in the elements for years with possibly hundreds of drivers on each unit uh i'd like to see one in person you know i wrote to him i'm waiting to hear back from that the places usually aren't that big on uh, advertising that kind of stuff i don't understand why but they're making a big deal in the press about it there's just a, always a failure rate the failure rate could be the one side, which is it doesn't go off and the whole truck rolls over, but that's how it works now. The other side is it blows a trailer off when it's not supposed to. So your trailer just gets blown off the uh, tractor, kablammo, and that that would be the actual sound it makes with uh, sound effects in bright uh, 60s colors. And it'll just come right off, right onto the interstate or however it works there. Because with everything there's a failure rate and i assume at some point you'd be able to tap into it and probably send a signal to it from the internet and even farther in the future when trucks drive themselves around they'll blast those things off to kill all of us when they all get together and start talking to each other i don't know osha withdraws the vax mandate so that's it we know that recently the supreme court ruled that osha does not have the authority to impose a vaccine mandate on corporations, companies that have 100 or more employees. That would include trucking companies. OSHA has looked at it and withdrew it. So that's it. That is over. There's no more, there's no farther place to go on it. So I'm sure people will be happy about that, as I am. Uh, They had no right to do that, uh, in my opinion. And that is withdrawn. So that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Diesel, I wanted to tell you, diesel's been up what do you know? It's the highest price since 2014. Yeah, so I did a little bit of research, being as I'm from public school and I don't know anything. Um, I wondered who the president was then, since it's been this high, and what party they're from. So I did a little looking into it. I went to the library and got out the Encyclopedia Britannica and looked it up. It turns out it's Obama, uh, a Democrat. Yeah, so Obama was the last time the fuel was this high obama was in office and it went down since then and then it's been coming back up and i don't know what happened in the interim between then 2014 and now um just saying that it had it it was down since then and just recently really it spiked up in the last year so i don't know what happened a year ago i didn't look that up i didn't get that far into the books um my mom didn't buy enough groceries to get that book. So we only had some of the letters, you know, because you'd have to get enough groceries. And some weeks we just didn't get enough, you know, and there wasn't enough Cap'n Crunch. And we couldn't get some of the letters. So I didn't get to look that up. So whatever interim thing ha- may have happened in there, not sure about. Just putting out a little bit of information about it. Teen truck drivers are coming. All right. They fast tracked it. Um, and they're extra. That's what they would say. And they are coming. And here's the thing. I'm not so mad about it. All right. 
number one, how many are going to come and do it? And the other thing is, think about this. If you go to truck school right now and you are 21, okay, which you would have to be to drive interstate at the moment, there is no training requirement. Now, some things are about to change here shortly in a few weeks, but those requirements, even the new requirements for people 21 and older, do not require any road time. None. You'll have some modules, some things you'll have to learn, but they don't require you to have even one minute of driving on the road to pass your test if you're 21. For people 18 to 20, it will require a little over 300 hours of driving time with an instructor that has a minimum of five years of driving experience and is 26 years old. Currently, well, under the new regulations, which will be here in a week or two, instructors at truck schools that are approved in the truck school registry, which is about to go into effect, will be required to have two years of experience, but only the instructors at the school. Your training beyond the time once you get out of that school and go to one of these companies, whatever company it is, it doesn't matter, and they put you with a trainer, that trainer in the truck on the road with you is not required to have any minimum amount of experience. There's no experience requirement for that person. In fact, legally, that person could be somebody that does not have a CDL. Now, hear me out on this. Mark, how can that be? Because once you get to that point, once you get your license, you have a full CDL, and you go to a company, and they put you, they go, here's your trainer, Billy Jim Joe Bob is going to be your trainer here. That person, if they don't drive, they don't have to have a license legally for it to meet the requirements because there's no training requirements. So that person could be, they could, they could be 18. Okay, because it can be anybody if they're not driving. Could be. Now, does that happen? No. I'm not going to say like companies put you out with somebody without a license. No, I've never heard of that. But under the regulation, it's possible. That's why people are saying, oh, well, these 18 to 20 year olds are not going to be trained or whatever. Look, the current standard for the 18 to 20 year olds is way higher than a standard for someone 21 plus. Way higher. There's at least some standard for the trainer and the time that the person's in it. There can only be 3,000 18 to 20 year olds at a time in the program. So it's it's supposed to last for a couple of years or whatever, and then they'll reevaluate it. I think they'll reevaluate it after a year and allow it. I'm okay with it, with that. But as 3,000, so if one person goes through it, Say they get 3,000 and then one person graduates at the top end of it. They've had their hundreds of hours of training. Then somebody else can enter. It can't be more than 3,000 at a time. The government said 20 companies signed up last time I looked. 20 companies have signed up for it. They wouldn't name the companies. So you'll have to, uh, you have to figure in your own mind who those companies might be. They wouldn't really name who it was and companies aren't talking. But I think we can all imagine who it's going to be. Is it going to be some owner-operator that's got three trucks? Probably not. Okay, just to be honest with you. It's probably not. It's going to be a large place that has trainers and that meet the requirements because they have to have trainers that have five years of experience. Remember that. They have to be at least 26 with five years for 18 to 20-year-olds. That's way better, way better than we have currently. So the system, at least to train them, is far better, far better than the current system, which is 
a basically a disaster, a disaster area. All right, so that's where we are on that. Let's get to some automotive and cruise ship news. <laughs> Did you see this crystal? What is it called? The Crystal Concordia? I, you know, I didn't write the name of it down. So the ship is headed to Miami, and the government orders, they have an arrest warrant for the ship. True story. This is maritime law. I'm not a maritime legal scholar. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm not. And I don't know how this got out. I wouldn't have told them. So the ship does a big U-turn with that big wheel thing. You turn it around and heads to the Bahamas because the ship is owned by China. Ha! Huh? Surprise. And they haven't paid their bills. In fact, the company's bankrupt. They said they didn't pay their fuel bill millions of dollars. Do you know how much fuel these things take? I thought maybe, I don't know, 100 gallons. I thought they had like an extended range tank. Turns out it's way more than that. Had no idea. It's a lot of money. And they didn't pay. And so it's sitting in the Bahamas. And they told everybody on board, hey, you got to find your own way home. Tough, <laughs> basically. So, fortunately, usually people on a cruise ship have a passport, so they should be okay getting in the Bahamas. We're all friends there, and but they'd still have to get themselves home. The ship is still there, and the crew is stranded there. Many of them cannot return. They don't get paid hardly anything. That's the downside of cruising on a ship that's not flagged in the U.S. Many people on the ship, they work seven days a week, sometimes for six months straight. They get the buck to two bucks an hour, hardly any money on the cruise ships. You pay all this money. The crew that's taking care of you and all that, they get nothing, virtually nothing. That's why the ships are, you know, based in Panama and all these other countries, because they don't hardly have to pay them anything, not very strict. But this ship stuck, and it has, the ship itself has an arrest warrant. They were going to, they were going to come on and take the ship, basically, not really basically, but actually, they were going to take the ship and hold it for amount to do. That's some kind of maritime law, they said, that that kind of thing is allowed. They can issue that. And, of course, we're buddies with China because if we weren't friends with China, nobody would be able to get all their cheap junk that uh, they want every day. You know, I want to save $50 on everything. So that's how that worked. The Maverick Hybrid. <laughs> so Ford made a huge big deal about this. The Maverick is a new pickup truck from Ford. It's tiny. All right. So it's a small pickup truck, compact, as they call it, based off the Escape platform. All right. And the Hybrid... Ford put out there as, oh, this is the way to get in. This is actually going to be their entry-level car for Ford. $19,995 for the hybrid plus uh, shipping, which they don't ever talk about. It's got like grand. But $19,995 base price. Hybrid, 40 miles per gallon city approximately on this thing. 2.5 Atkins cycle. Four-cylinder plus hybrid drive technology and a CVT. So that's got to be thrilling driving experience, right? Although the Ford hybrid system does good, the Escape gets it, the Fusion had it, uh, they've put it in a few things, MKZ's had them. Either way, there's been such a outpouring of people that want to buy this thing that they stopped taking orders. It's just, it's the end of January. They're not taking any more orders for it. They said maybe this summer they might start taking orders, depends how many they get to build. So they made a huge deal. You can't find them. I've never seen one in person. All right, I'm over there all the time. The Ford dealers hardly got any cars. They have probably, I don't know, 20 cars, maybe. A lot of them used. A couple of, they have a Transit, if you want one of those, new. I have never seen one in person. It, imagine an Escape, right, the new Escape, except with a bed. So half the back of it is gone, and you just have the insides. And it's smaller inside than an Escape. So great. Uh, so tiny inside. 
and very plasticky from what I've seen of reviews of it. A lot of plastic, especially in the base one. I mean, are we still doing crank windows? Okay, are we still doing that? No cruise control on a base uh, model. No cruise control on it. Very base. Like, I thought, you know, even a Hyundai Accent gets, gets these things, even in a base model. You know, cheap. A Spark. A Spark has it. Chevy Spark base. So, but super basic. But the for the fuel mounts, people are like, okay. And you can only get the hybrid and front-wheel drive, which doesn't make any sense. Because on the Escape, you can get a hybrid and uh, all-wheel drive. But they chose not to put it on the Maverick. They said maybe next year we're thinking about it. That would be even a bigger seller. But so far they've all sold out. So if you've been looking for one of these, if you have one ordered, I'd love to know about it and maybe send me a picture of it if you ever get it. I can't I can't find one. I've not seen one driving on the road. They don't have them at the dealer. Apparently Ford is, has more orders than they know what to do with for the $20,000. And I think, look, I'm going to think part of this is because they don't like selling cheap cars. No company likes to sell their base models. They want you to upgrade. You know, you can put another ten thousands of options on this thing and get it up to thirty grand. And Ford would love to sell you one of those. Those are still available, and you can order them. So you can go four wheel drive, get the two liter, two hundred fifty horsepower, right? Get it all dutied up inside. Ford three sixty, better radio, all that, and then rather than that little tiny screen they still put in there. That's the way they should do it. So they listed the worst muscle car ever in the history of all ever time. And you know what they said? They had two of them. They said the 2000 GTO. Remember that from Holden? That's one of the worst muscle cars of all time. Are you kidding me? Six liter V8 in that thing? That car was fast, right? So uh, I'm like, no way. And then they listed the Mustang 2 also as one of their worst muscle cars. And I could probably go along with that. So Mustang 2, right, 74 to what, 79, right in there, 78. Not great for <laughs> for one year, right? You couldn't even get a V8 in it. And those were really low power, and the automatics were three-speed automatics. So I would say, yeah, they were kind of blah, kind of blah. But I, you know what I would also go with? The next body, the Fox-bodied Mustang, when they first came out, 80, 81, right in there. You could get a four-cylinder with that car. And that thing was a dog, too. Super slow, you know, four-cylinder Mustang. But remember, in 82, when they changed the Camaro over, right, to the new Camaro body, you could get a 2.5 Iron Duke in that thing. Yes, we don't realize that. Some of those 82, 83, I think you could get it for a couple of years. They had a 2.5 Iron Duke in it, right? 150 horsepower, maybe. Terrible terrible if you're not going to put you know power into a sports car what is the point of buying it it really is all show and no go now those 70s mustang twos you were probably in the 70 to 90 horsepower range with that car that's horrible you're looking at zero to 60 in 14 seconds i was looking them up oh my gosh right that's not even close to being a sports car so I can agree with that. But the 2000s Pontiac GTO, which is a rebadged Australian Holden from General Motors Division, that thing was 5 seconds to 60. I don't know what they're talking about. So, uh, you know, that is, they're like, well, it's a Ford or whatever. Yeah, that's all right. All right, we can live with that. Because that was really the a real better sports car. And so then, speaking of sports car, we come to an Escalade V. So, as if the Escalade isn't big enough. They are going to make an Escalade V. 
And the V from Cadillac, that's like their performance division, right? So uh, old people, their turn signals blink faster, I think, on those cars. The Escalade V is going to have an LT4 V8 from the Corvette, right? 6.2 liter. And they said in this car, it's going to have around 700 horsepower in this Escalade. It has a 2.6 liter supercharger. The supercharger is 2.6 liters on it. They're going to look in the in the 5 to 60, probably close to 5 seconds in that gigantic thing. And it's going to have stiffer suspension. It's going to have suspension settings. So you can. Tra- it's going to have a track mode. Okay. Do you think right now, you tell me, is anybody taking an Escalade to the track? We're like, we're going to track this thing today. All right. That is not happening. How long do you think those tires are going to last on a 6,000-pound truck running it around a track? Right. 15 minutes? Either way, they're looking at 130 grand approximately, maybe more, 130, 140 for this thing. You are talking big bucks. You can get a three-year-old Bentley for that, okay? You can go get a new Range Rover for that money. You know, you can look at maybe a five-year, five, six-year-old lower-end Ferrari even for that kind of money. You do not have to you know, you don't have to go with an Escalade with this gigantic engine. And you probably get, they're saying 10 and 16 might be the miles per gallon, which is just awesome on that car. Although probably fuel is not your biggest concern if you're paying that much. The average Cadillac buyer is 59 years old. The oldest of any luxury brand in the United States. And Cadillac is trying to reduce that by saying, you know what people want? A really fast, gigantic truck, uh, you know, in a Cadillac. Once you get to this money, though, you cannot do what GM normally does, which is grab all the parts from their cheaper trucks. You know, let's grab all the Tahoe switches and everything and put them in this. You can't do that. Suburban switches, that cannot happen. It has to be way higher grade than a regular Chevy. GM is super big on this, where they just slap all the parts in from another vehicle and put a new sticker on it and call it something different. That cannot happen happen on this and i don't know what the long-term durability would be of the corvette engine in there in when it's doing truck duty which i got to say duty which is pretty funny so i don't know how that will hold up over time in an escalade when it's got to pull this gigantic thing around hopefully good it's been a good engine for them so it hopefully won't have any problems but i'm not sure Oh, that would hold up. That wouldn't be my biggest concern. For 130 plus, there's no way I'm buying some kind of General Motors truck. There's just no way. We're going to go up the luxury ladder a little bit and really get something that is way more luxurious. That Their claim to fame, this gigantic engine, right? You don't have to have that kind of big engine to get that kind of power out of a car. Consider the, consider the Alfa Romeo, right? Uh, if, when you put a quadrifolio on those... It's even in the Stelvio on their SUV, it's a 2.9 with 505 horsepower. All right, so you don't have to go big. And when you can put a smaller engine in there, it weighs less, making it better in the performance end of it. So you do not have to go this kind of money. You know, for 140, you can get a 911. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of cars. You can get a 610 horsepower. You know, one-year-old XJ supercharged for that kind of money there's tons of different ways to go for performance than this big thing so i'm uh i'd like to see one of course which i don't know if the dealer will ever get one here but uh i wouldn't get one not for that money 
And so now I want to bring you a reason we're not on Mars. We don't live on Mars because there's a bunch of idiots here wasting our money while they're eating cheese sandwiches on white bread in jail because they're idiots. So we have a dude who's sitting in a dank cinder block basement apartment in New Hampshire. And he's sitting there. He's sitting on the floor because his metal folding chair collapsed. It was just rusted away from all the humidity. So he can't even reach his folding card table that he sits his uh, macaroni and cheese on, which he eats dry out of one of those cups that you buy at the store because he had his water turned off by the landlord who wants to evict him. But he says, you know what I need to do? I need to go get some money so I can get some water for my macaroni and cheese because it's dry and crunchy and I don't like it. It's not how Kraft intended it to be. And so if it's not good enough for Kraft, it's not good enough for me. So he gets in his car where he has his shotgun and he's like, I'm going to go get me some money from a store. But he heads out. Okay, so he heads on out, starts up, fires up the old uh, shotgun mobile basically and heads on out. Turns out the police pull him over. Well, how did they know what he was about to do? They don't know nothing in the car, right? They ain't knowing about nothing, right? That's how that's how people talk in New Hampshire. But he doesn't have a license plate on his car. <laughs> so the police pull him over for that. They go, hey, you don't have a license plate on your car. So that's what they were probably thinking to themselves. They pull him over. But this is no, this is not some idiot. He's got a plan. Okay. As soon as they get out of their car, he takes off. Get it? Right. Because they're never going to catch him. So, But they go back in their car and they go after him. See, he thought they wouldn't go after him. They did. <laughs> they get back in their car and he's like, dang it. I'm just out here trying to be a decent criminal. And here are these cops hassling me. But he's got a problem because he's got a shotgun in the car. Okay. And turns out, hard as it is to believe, he's a convicted felon. So he's in possession of a weapon. And he's like, oh, dang it. So I can't do this. But again, he's got a plan. This is a man with a plan. And he takes a shotgun and throws it out the window. You see, the cops, they can't figure that kind of stuff out. They don't know. They don't know. Well... When he throws it out the window, it hits the ground and goes off and shoots out his steer tire. <laughs> and he promptly crashes the car into some parked cars. He shoots his own tire with his weapon. <laughs> and the cops are right there, drag him out of the car, hopefully out the window. I love this. I love when they, I see them drag people out rather than open the door. They just reach to the window and drag you out. It's so satisfying to see that on cops. And get him on the ground. Okay, and everything, and search the car. Turns out there's a pound of meth in the car, too. Huh, who would have thought that? That's like a little under a half a kilo for all of my international friends in Uzbekistan. So, they arrest him for evading arrest and uh, running from the cops, a felon in possession of a weapon, illegal discharge of a firearm in a... In a some kind of a populated area, right? Damaging he, one of the pellets, I guess, damaged the car, so you got a, trouble for that. Meth. Oh my gosh, hard to believe. I mean, it's hard to believe because this guy, this isn't just your average person. This guy had a plan. 
know, for each thing, each thing the cops did, he was ahead of them. He had another idea that was going to put him, boost him ahead of everybody else, you know, to get him in front. And it turns out he sellies with the last guy. You know, they got to split their cheese sandwiches and whatever else happens in the cell. I don't know. So sad. It just seems sad. So here's the thing. You, me, all of us listening here are wasting our tax dollars housing this guy. How many do you think when this guy gets out, because he'll get out for this, you think he's going to go, uh, you know, start an orphanage and help kids uh, change their lives? I guess it's possible. Okay, we can always hope for the best, but um, turns out many criminals, they go back to that same kind of criminal life. So let's uh, let's get uh, something done about this so I can go live on Mars. The miles there, it'd be endless miles. <laughs> Plus just getting there. You know what your paycheck would be when you got to Mars after all of those millions of miles between here and there? Oh my gosh, how great would that be? You'd have more miles than uh, some drivers at large unnamed companies that are currently in the news. So that's uh, what we're doing here. Now if you've been if you've been <laughs> if you've been in a contract with a carrier, please go to the show notes and get the reporter's email and send her a nice note and if you'd like to discuss that with her. She would like to hear from it. Head over to uh, ufcd.org. Join the United Federation of Commercial Drivers and our private Facebook page. Things are happening fast. More announcements are soon to come about that. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another podcast.